0: You're listening to the Oil & Gas This Week podcast
1: with Mark LaCour and Jake Corley. This is the show for busy oil pros who quickly want to keep their finger on the pulse of the industry. And you're listening to the Oil & Gas This Week podcast brought to you by Red Wing. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Probably you're listening for Jake and Mark's voices, but we're taking over the show today and we're going to try to do some mineral rights Q&A before they catch us. But my name is Matt Sands.
0: And my name is Justin Williams.
1: And we are taking over First Friday Q&A. If you're expecting Mark and Jake, don't worry because they will be back. They're just busy creating more great content for all of us to consume and have several new shows coming up. So stay tuned for that. Just a little bit of background. You're probably wondering who the heck we are. My name is Matt Sands, and I am the owner of Silverheels Investments, which is a family-owned oil and gas, mineral rights, and royalty investment business. I am also the host of the Mineral Rights Podcast, which you can find wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have interest in that side of the industry, please check us out.
0: And my name is Justin Williams. My background is in mineral rights ownership in West Texas, and I've been helping Matt to do the Mineral Rights Podcast now here for a few months and look forward to bringing some information to mineral rights owners.
1: Thanks, Justin. And again, you can check us out on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. But for today, we're going to be answering your oil and gas mineral rights questions. So before we get to that though, Justin, can you talk about some of the reviews?
0: Absolutely, and the easiest way to show some support for Mark and Jake is to leave them a review, and uh, they'll give you a shout-out on the show just like these I'm about to do. There was a wonderful review left by Marissa, Improving the Oil and Gas Industry. Great show. Y'all do a great job of explaining the news and trends in the industry. I just listened to episode 150 and was excited to hear about another podcast in the works that's aimed to improve the image of the industry. With the massive amount of users in social media, I definitely think there's an untapped audience there. I think this is another area where millennial talent can help the industry. Thanks, Melissa. And we appreciate the review.
1: Yeah, thanks, Marissa. And Stephen Barrow, who's a facilities engineer, left a review here. He says, great podcast. If you're looking for a perfectly curated collection of relevant content and current events and subjects in oil and gas, this is the show to subscribe to.
0: And we're kind of stretching with the wide here on the continents. We've got a review from Kat in Australia. Valued information on a broad range of topics. Thank you for the continuous effort in making the brilliant podcast. I learned so much from you guys discussing all the different topics and issues, a lot of which I didn't even know existed. Uh, Katrina from Australia.
1: All right. Thanks, Justin. And now let's get to the questions. So this month's First Friday Q&A, like I mentioned, is going to be focusing on oil and gas mineral rights. And first question comes from Mike and he asks a two-parter, we'll cover the first one here and he says, my family received an offer to lease mineral rights we own. How do we know if the terms of the offer are good and what should we negotiate for? This is a real common question that we get on our show as well around leasing. So thanks, Mike, for your question. And we cover this actually in great detail in episode six of the mineral rights podcast on how to negotiate an oil and gas lease and what are some of the top clauses to watch for. But anyway, my, my thoughts on this are as far as the specific royalty rate and lease bonus info is concerned, you can actually find out what other mineral owners are getting in your area a lot of times by going to the Mineral Rights Forum. It's a really helpful site and provides a lot of insight into what companies are offering others. And you can search by the county that your minerals are owned and find what others are saying about the current activity levels and lease bonus rates and royalty rates and terms and so forth. And one thing to keep in mind, though, is that what companies are willing to offer will greatly vary depending on the specific location so even if your minerals are in a township that has a good amount of drilling activity and permitted wells you know you need to be real cognizant of where exactly it's located and in, in that case you know if you are close to activity your your minerals will generally demand a higher lease bonus and royalty rate cuz there's the the demand for leasing cuz they're getting ready to drill and that said you know if you have minerals that are maybe in a hot county but still they're they're pretty far away from current activity you may not have as much luck getting the top dollar for leasing and so you have to play it by ear as to whether or not you want to wait till things start moving closer to you or if you want to lease under the current terms that you can get but a couple of things to, to think about in addition to that lease bonus and royalty rate you know the terms of the and clauses that are in there are just as important you know if not more so so I know what do you think Justin Absolutely.
0: And, you know, if you own more than a few net mineral acres that you're talking about leasing, it's certainly worth hiring an attorney to review. They can help you a lot in adding some of the limitations, adding some different clauses that will help to protect you. The Pew clause and limiting the ability for a company to deduct costs from the royalty checks is a really hot topic in leasing. And it's nice to know that you have a trusted partner in your corner that has your best interest in mind. All right. So the second question we have here, another one, it's from Mike as well. And this is the second part and kind of a more complex aspect to his question. He said, my grandfather acquired interest in 50 to 70 mineral rights spread out over seven oil producing counties in Oklahoma. Sizes range from just a few acres to the largest at over 80 acres. My siblings, cousin, and I now own these, but due to lost records, we do not have a clear idea of what we own. And also they're geographically scattered. So he's not certain that they're able to find those people and able to get into contact with them. And he asked, how do we learn exactly what we own, the value of the property and maximize our income from it? And again, this is another really common question we get in a starting place for a lot of mineral right owners to find out what you own. If you have copies of the mineral deeds or know the counties. Or even better, the legal land descriptions of those properties, you can do some research on the respective county clerk and recorder's website. Some places do not have those documents digitized yet or only back to a certain point. If you can't find those online, it may actually mean taking a trip up to the county clerk's office to look through the records physically. When you're doing that, basically you're going to, you would search for the grandfather's name as either the grantor or the grantee, and you're going to be looking back to patent to see chain of title for this property. To get a true picture on the number of net mineral acres owned, you would need to chain the title back to patent, which is where the government granted that land to an individual. This can often be really costly and time consuming. I mean, also very confusing if you're new to it, but it's the best way to get a full accounting of what it is you really own. If you find yourself really confused, or if you're running into some stumbling blocks as you're doing this, I definitely would recommend looking for a landman or somebody else who's familiar with those counties and also familiar with how business was done. They'll be able to help you in actually going to those courthouses and pooling those documents and also being able to help you stitch that whole picture together so that you have an idea. We cover performing a title search more in depth in one of our past episodes. Um, it was the Mineral Rights Podcast episode 10 and 11. That would be a great thing to listen to, to kind of have an idea of where to start and be ready for a bit of a process to figure it out.
1: Yeah, I, th- I would agree with all of that. And, you know, to, in terms of the value of that property, you know, as far as far as finding that out or figuring that out, there's a couple of things to think about. Minerals are generally valued in in two different ways, I'll say. And you can check out Mineral Rights Podcast Episode 5. We cover in depth how minerals are valued. But the first thing is really what is a buyer willing to pay you in an arm's length transaction and that's, you know, obviously the the best barometer of of how much it's worth. And to figure out that you can sort of like real estate, you know, with residential real estate, you can look at comparable sales. And if and this can be kind of difficult for folks to find if you're not really keyed into a particular area. But just in general, you can sometimes come up with what the amount. That was paid for a certain number of net mineral acres, if that might happen to be on the D that you find in just searching the county records, you can sometimes then figure out you know what was paid and, and again what the price per net mineral acres were. The one caveat here is if you do this, you don't know what other consideration might've been given. You don't know, you know, the relationship between the buyer and the seller. So, you know, you, you have to take it with a grain of salt and assume that it's an arm's length transaction. An example in Oklahoma, you can sometimes back calculate the amount paid in a mineral transaction by looking at the documentary stamp fees. You can check out the county clerk and recorder's website for the fee that was paid for a certain amount of consideration. That was paid in, in purchasing those minerals. And from that, you can come up with how much was paid in the transaction. And so from, from there, that's kind of one way to find out. And again, you'd, you sort of have to have it listed on the deed what the number of net mineral acres that was being conveyed, unless you want to go into doing a more detailed title search to figure that out on your own. The second one is a little bit more straightforward if there's a good amount of activity in the area, especially. Now with all the unconventional horizontal wells that are being drilled, it's a lot of times if you're in an area where there's a lot of activity, you can look at offset wells and offset production, and you can hire a petroleum engineer to analyze that and determine what the reserves are there and estimate when they think wells might be drilled based on current activity and looking at the different operators in the area and what their their plans are. And you can feed all the, all of that information into a discounted cash flow analysis to come up with what they call the net present value, of the property. In other words, how much it is worth today in a cash lump sum. And so again, if you're looking at you know having a potentially large mineral position, then this would be a worthwhile expense to have somebody take a look at your minerals and give you a a feel for the fair market value, you know, probably take experienced engineer just a couple hours to perform an analysis. So the, you know, cost would be between say 500 to $800 per tract of land. And, you know, that is a drop in the bucket when you're looking at maybe having a significant position that, you know, a couple thousand dollars here and there in terms of the sales price can actually have a big impact on how much you get at the end of the day. So definitely would check that out. Look for an engineer that's experienced in your area. I'm usually doing a Google search. We'll turf that up. We do some mineral valuations for select clients in in the mid-continent area and in the Rockies. So you can reach out to us as well. And if I can't do it, then we'd be happy to refer you to someone that, that could. But that's a good place to start if you're looking to figure out the value just to Arm yourself in any sort of negotiations if someone's looking to sell.
0: Absolutely. And anytime the more information you have about your minerals, it always makes for the best situation for the mineral right owner.
1: Yeah. And I you know, you can't can't stress that enough. You know, you gotta arm yourself, be prepared because the folks on the other side of the table are, you know, well informed and they're they know everything that's going on. So you need to be, you know, in a similar position if you are looking again to to sell your minerals and that's something you wanna Go into the negotiations with, and and always you know a good place to start if you're uncomfortable is to hire an advisor, or someone like an attorney or you know like that could help you negotiate and make sure that the terms of any sort of conveyance document you sign are favorable to you. All right. So the next question we got is from Stephen, and he asks: We have zero point eight two two net mineral acres. In Section 1, Township 5 North, Range 2 West, McLean County, Oklahoma. BP America is pulling this area, and they're trying to obtain oil and gas leases. They have offered to lease, not buy, and will pay 500 per net mineral acre. What do you think? Please advise.
0: Thanks, Stephen, for your question. Hi. You know, my usual response to this is talk to someone qualified in your county for more specific advice always. Uh, But with only small net mineral ownership there, it's likely you would spend more getting help with negotiating the lease than the minerals are worth. That's always a factor when you're looking at negotiating the leases. I would say a few things to do. Do your homework. The Oklahoma Corporation Commission website has a lot of useful information and sounds like uh, you've already started there, which is a great thing to do and great job there. First offers are usually low and provisions are likely not in your favor. Tell them you were talking to other companies that are leasing in the area and ask what they are offering for either one-fifth or one-fourth royalty. Um, That said, if they're pulling in the area, that may be their best offer, but that is something you could always try to see and you can see in their pulling orders as well. Make sure whatever you agree to is in writing. Make sure that you get favorable lease clauses, especially around minimizing deductions. That's really important since it is a small ownership. We have a Mineral Rights episode, episode six, excuse me, Mineral Rights Podcast episode six that covers oil and gas leasing 101 would be a great thing to listen to. It covers a lot of the things that you're looking for and also will tell you a bit more about the sell versus lease option. You can subscribe on iTunes to make sure you get it as soon as it goes live or also on Google Play, Stitcher or wherever else you get your podcast.
1: Yeah, Justin, I I agree with all of that. I think the big thing is to take your time, make sure it's in writing. Just in terms of specific activity from from the research that I did on that area, that area is pretty gas heavy. So you're probably not going to get as good a lease offer as further to the west. That said, I've seen others reporting six hundred dollars per acre for the lease bonus for one eighth royalty or five hundred dollars an acre for three sixteenths royalty. And this is just from some of the posts that were out there on the mineral rights forum, and you know in that section. So that's what I would expect. You to get, and that sounds like that's what BP is offering you. So it sounds like it is, you know, in in line with that. You know, again, I would highly go recommend going to the Mineral Rights Forum and subscribing to the McLean County group, and then you can figure out, you know, exactly what activity is going on and and stay in touch with that. And so, yeah, that would probably be the the way I would go. And then again. If you're comfortable with negotiating that lease, you know, check out our show and do some research. There's a couple of, we actually have a resource guide out there. If you go to my website as well at silverheelsinvestments.com, you can check out that leasing resource guide. And there's a couple of things out there that'll tell you sort of the wording that you should look for when negotiating a lease. So, So check that out. All
0: right. On to the next one. And you know, this is a really common question we get quite often, Matt. And Marietta asks, I leased my minerals several years ago. Can I lease again? And this unfortunately is not a super simple answer.
1: Yeah, do you want to go ahead and take the this one? Absolutely. So it depends.
0: You know, looking at the lease and looking at the effective date, the date you signed it, and the paragraph that mentions the term, which is usually in the beginning of the lease saying something, it's after the end of the primary term of oil and gas production has not been established. So if you have that lease term there and it was three years, five years, and you're beyond that now and oil and gas production was never established, it may be an option to go ahead and release The operator may file a release of oil and gas lease with the county clerk and recorder to make it official, but that does not always happen. It's pretty common that you will be leased and the operator did not produce that property, nor did they ever come back and release you. So if you're going to go out and seek another lease, first thing to check, are you truly out from the lease per the terms of the lease that you signed? Did they ever establish production? Are you receiving checks from royalties now? And then did they release you? If not, when you start talking to other operators... If you're trying to find a new, a new lease, some of the companies may require you to work with the former operator who did have the lease to either get a release or something in writing that lets them know that the lease was terminated. At times, oil and gas companies can play hardball and they may ask you to send them a letter requesting that termination, but it's the first place to start. I mean, if you are out of the lease and it's not being held by production, that's certainly something you could go look at and approach companies who are active to see if they would be interested in acquiring a lease from you. If you still don't get traction going back and forth with the oil companies, and it becomes something that is a matter of being released, or they say that they don't want to release you, whatever it is, definitely talk to an uh, an attorney. That would be the first place to start. Anytime you're in a lease agreement that is a contractual obligation on both parts, and it may be something that you need to get an attorney involved to be sure that you're doing the right thing on both sides.
1: Yeah, I would I would agree with all that. You know, I think, too, you, when you send that letter with an attorney's letterhead, it'll, sometimes that's all it takes to get that company off a of high center and, and to get them to release that lease. The other thing I'll say is, you know, when you're looking at your lease, you know, there, you'll have a date into there. They'll say this agreement is made and entered into whatever day and month and year and then you read down probably three or four paragraphs in the first page of that lease you'll have a paragraph that says something like subject to the other provisions herein contained this lease shall remain in force for a term of 3 years or whatever 4 years 5 years however many years you for that primary term that you agreed to and from the date hereof and it'll say herein called primary term and sometimes it'll have an option to extend that lease so if you has an option to to extend it, then it'll be listed there. You know, all of that you have to look at is, you know, did they pay you the bonus to, to extend it? So if it was a three-year primary term with an option to extend for another two years and they exercised that option and paid you whatever the agreed to amount was to give you that additional bonus, then, you know, if you're still within that additional time period, then you would still be under the terms of that lease under the primary term. But again, you know, if it's, if both of those have expired or the primary term is, has expired, there's no oil and gas production that's been established. The other thing is that they're not in the process of doing, you know, performing operations to drill a well, and within that primary term, you should be free to release. So like Justin said, there's those steps you got to take if, if you don't have that document recorded with the county clerk and recorders office. So check that out first and then and then go from there.
0: I hear we have a Red Wing offshore back to give away, Matt.
1: Yeah. So like you always hear Mark and Jake talking about those awesome Red Wing offshore bags. Again, you can go to redwingshoes.com forward slash podcast and enter your information. There's one lucky winner each week. No purchase necessary. See the official site for rules and details. So definitely go check that out. You can take a look at the bag there and enter your name. Really cool bags. I kind of want one myself. I might have to enter.
0: I have to admit I've actually entered a couple times. I haven't gotten one yet, but I'm going to keep doing it.
1: Yeah, it's persistence, you know. Mark and Jake, if you guys are listening, you know, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> so the weekly rig count presented by Drilling Info is at 1153, which is flat from last week. So things are nice and steady on that front, which is always good.
0: Absolutely. And the events on deck, OGGN has a super half hour Tuesday, November 27th in Houston, Texas. There'll be a link in the show notes or go to the oil and gas global com slash events to learn more about that. I've got to say, I, they sound like an awesome thing. and would be great to attend to meet other people in the industry. Sound like it's a valuable time and a, a good time to meet others.
1: Yeah. And, you know, definitely go get Mark's monthly uh, events email if that is something that interests you. You know, he'll, he has, sends out, stuff like that each week. There's no spam, so they're not going to spam you. It's a lot of quality information, other professionals in the industry that you can network with. And then again, you can go back to the show notes to find the link to that specific event.
0: Absolutely, and you know these days, Mark and Jake get paid to talk. And if you would like to sponsor them or bring them to one of your events, then absolutely, please contact them. It doesn't matter if you're wanting uh, Jake and Mark to bring the podcast to your sales and marketing kickoff, a trade association, company event, conferences, schools, a car club, or even your gym. Um, reach out and they'll share some details about what they can do to make a high impact with your uh, audience.
1: Yeah, definitely better than a lot of those boring speakers that come. You know, the high energy that those guys bring will definitely entertain your your uh, group. So check it out. And again, just as a reminder, if you want your question featured on the show, go to oilandgasthisweek.com forward slash ask a question. And you can find that link here in the show notes. So oilandgasthisweek.com. Check it out. As always, you can go there. There's a link to LinkedIn group where you can talk online and with other professionals in the industry. Also links to the website and the email sign up, like we mentioned. So check it out. And Matt, if uh, people are looking to find you, where could you be found? You know, I can be found at the Mineral Rights Podcast. So again, like we mentioned earlier in the show, find us wherever you listen to your podcast. Also at mineralrightspodcast.com. You can also find me at my company's website, which is silverheelsinvestments.com. And that's S-I-L-V-E-R-H-E-E-L-S investments.com. And again, if you have any questions related to minerals or royalties that you want to have us feature on our show, send us an email at feedback at podcast.com And we will give you a shout out on an upcoming show.
0: Absolutely. And the best place to find me, you can always find me on Twitter at JWW7915 or contact me through the Mental Rights Podcast at the com, or shoot Matt an email at feedback at com. Thank you so much to Mark and Jake for having us. Now, we got to get out of here, Matt, before we get caught.
1: All right, guys. Thanks for having us on and we will talk to you later. And just to remember, as always, what do they say, Justin? Remember, folks,
0: do great work, pay it forward, and we'll see you next time. Tune in next week for another informative and entertaining episode of Oil & Gas This Week podcast, a product of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at oilandgasthisweek.com.